0: Our screens may be all different sizes this year, but our films will have the same-sized impact. They'll shake you, move you, and refuse to leave you. Mark our words, groundbreaking stories are very much to be continued.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is our 2020 Toronto International Film Festival review of Nomadland. I'm Christopher Sinezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Of course, except for in this string of episodes where we're talking about films that just got released at the 2020 Toronto International Film Festival. We got to see a few of them, and we're talking about them here. Um, this one, we got some news about uh, the night after we watched it. Uh, this one, what what is the prize called over at uh, Venice? The Golden Lion. Yeah, the Golden Lion. Gotcha. So, obviously, this is probably going to be a pretty positive review. <laughs> <laughs> so... We haven't talked about this yet, but uh, I think you picked out most of the selection of things that we uh, are reviewing in this run. What helped you with
0: that selection of films? That's a good question. I've been interrogating that because I feel like now that news is coming out from the festival, I like... I covered our bases pretty well in terms of movies people are talking about, but I don't know how, like, like I don't really know what I was using for this movie. I know, uh, because it's like a prixis of
1: Francis McDormand. you're like <laughs> in,
0: <laughs> yeah, well, so it it is true. The heuristic of like, is it anchored by an actor that I know if so, then I'm probably going to put it, you it, know, it's probably bad that festival movies I use that heuristic, but it tends to be a decent one. Um, in this case though, Chloe Zhao made The Rider, which was in or almost in my top ten of two years ago. Um, so I, I knew that or maybe it was just last year. When did The Rider come out? <laughs> I <laughs> I don't remember no, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, the rider the rider was from a little while ago. Um but but anyway, I knew that I wanted to see her next movie. Um so this came as no surprise to me but i'm gonna be honest i didn't expect this to be a big film or anything like it it seemed just like an interesting little movie and i was curious to know more about it but i i would not have predicted that this was about to win a major award or be like one of the most talked about films at the festival so we got lucky (laughs) um (laughs) shiva baby for instance i have no idea why i clicked that button i was just like okay (laughs) we're doing this Hey, that that worked out though. It was a good introduction. Like after I picked most of these, I did find an IndieWire article where people talked about like movies not to miss at the TIFF lineup and I th- so that's where I found like another round. Um that's one that I would have missed otherwise probably. Yeah. But, yeah. Otherwise just luck of the draw.
1: Cool. Um well, we're about to talk about a film where some people might not have a luck of the draw. <laughs> um we're talking about Nomadland once again no trailer um, for this one. So I'm just going to give a brief description. It basically follows a woman who is living that nomad lifestyle and traveling around in a van and sort of shows her as she encounters other people who are part of this subculture of um, people who have sort of just left normal civilization and um, live out of vehicles and travel around the country, get work where they need it. And uh, yeah, Stephen Miller is this as great as everybody's been saying it is? Uh,
0: certainly, for me, it is. I mean, this is. So Carson actually texted me on Sunday and said, "Sarah and I just watched the trailer for Nomadland and said this is the most Steven movie of the year." <laughs> um, is is there an actual I don't, I don't trailer think wrong? Uh, there was something at least. There was something that they watched. I don't. I didn't actually interrogate what it is that they saw. Okay. And, um Maybe it was just the clip that they saw too. Um, yeah. But. This this is definitely the kind of movie that is right up my alley. Um, I know it's kind of reductive to just talk about a movie by describing other movies, but like Leave No <laughs> Trace is a very good comparison for some of what this movie is doing. Um, I think Andrew Arnold's movies, like American Honey, are good examples too of films that are anchored by largely amateur or like non professional actors, and then just like putting a few professional actors in there and watching them blend in. Um, I think there's something really beautiful and contemplative about that, if you can pull it off. And we're going to talk a little bit later tonight, depending on how far we get. I don't think every movie that tries this pulls it off exactly. Um, <laughs> but but when it works, it's, it's just beautiful. And I thought this was a very, very lovely movie that it is not plot driven, right? Like, I, you probably know that just from... Reading what it's about, and certainly if you don't, then twenty minutes into the movie, it's pretty clear that this is, let's follow, the life of this woman, um, and the story behind the filmmaking I think is really cool, which is that, Chloe Zhao got tapped to do the Eternals uh, for Marvel, um, which was her big break, you know, because the ri- the writer was just a, did huge in the festival circuit, and she immediately got catapulted to Marvel fame, and she said. I have, like, a few weeks before I have to start filming The Eternals, I want to make another independent film first. And she basically just got Francis McDormand, David Stuthern, and met a bunch of people, and they made this movie on the road. Uh, so, again, very, very American Honey um, yeah. in, in how it came about. And I just think it's so... Like, the word I want to use is humanist. Like, it feels like a movie that is about having empathy for a group of people and trying to tell how they live as accurately as possible. And yeah, it it was just beautiful. Like there are multiple times in this movie where I like teared up, just hearing people describe what I knew had to be their real life. Cause there are certain people that you're just like, you could not be a professional actor, not because you're not doing a good job, but because you're not in central casting. Like you are so specific. You have to just be you, you know? Um, the, the funny thing, and, too, and is this like
1: movie, the, the, the whole time I was watching the film, I was like, I, I think these are all nomads. And then, like, when yeah. the credits roll, it's like character name, first name, actual person's name, same name. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this is basically those are all those actual people.
0: Yeah, like, literally, the only person in this movie, as far as I can tell, that does not have their real name is Frances McDormand. Her character's name is Fern. Even the other actor. Uh, David Stothern, he, you know, he's Dave or David in the movie. Like this is the kind yeah. of movie where you can tell that they were just all getting to know each other and just being themselves and just capturing this like beautiful American landscape. And it it does not hurt that we are in the middle of a pandemic. And so seeing people <laughs> in, you know, wide open spaces throughout America, just like basking in the solitude I found that just very lovely. I think they're, yeah, I, I I think it's beautiful. Just everything, the little details of how do you live out of a van, you know? How do you find work? This idea of this, this other life where people, they recur in each other's lives. Like they might run into each other six months later because they're both working this gig. Everyone knows that there's a beet harvest in North Dakota. You know, it's just. I just liked it. I I love movies that teach me about a, a subculture or a way of living that I've never thought of before. And I thought this just combined it with the sort of cinematography that I love of just like let the camera bask in how the landscape looks. And with this like strong empathy streak of let's feel for characters, like characters who are no longer with us or characters who have lost something and are trying to cope with that loss. I yeah i I love this movie i I think it lives up to the hype and while at the same time being a very not hypey movie, so who knows how it's gonna be by December when it actually comes out, and people have heard raves about it for so long but yeah. i I really loved it yeah I, I
1: hadn't heard like a ton of hype. I had seen one tweet from David Ehrlich <laughs> mm. <laughs> like as I was about to start watching it um and then I yeah, started He never up. hypes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and I, I, but I wasn't like paying attention to the list of films because like most of the people that I follow probably aren't watching these, these films. Um, so I kind of just wasn't paying attention. Um, but, and, and I, I honestly had no idea what I was in for when I sat down to watch this film. Um, but I, I this is a beautiful fucking movie. Um, and, and it's amazing too, cause the journey you go, at least I went on through the, um, through the film is obviously the empathy is there, but half the time you're watching these people and you're like, this is the most freeing thing I've ever seen. Like, could I do this? Could I just yeah, <laughs> fucking go away and like, live it like you, you at, at times you strive to want to do what they're doing. And at times you're like, Oh my God, this is like harrowing. And like, I can't believe that they're surviving even trying to do this. And like, it constantly just ebbs and flows between kind of those two emotions. Um, You see like the beauty of the world and you see like kind of the, the not sad. I mean, yeah, definitely sadness, but like they're they're, like, you're constantly going back and forth. And it, it made me think about the, not the ethics, but like it's, it still feels a little weird, not icky, but it feels weird that all these people are real and just talking. And she is, Pretending to be a person that is going through the same thing, but I assume she like mm. lived out of that van the entire time they were oh, making yeah. the film. Like, I assume. Yeah, I'm sure. I I, I I assume I just assume that everyone else stayed in hotels and she stayed in the van. <laughs> like
0: That's just. I want to believe this is like first cow, where they probably spent like weeks just <laughs> learning how to shit in buckets and do everything yeah. you have to do.
1: Yeah, like it, it was, it was, it was, it was kind of just um, an amazing watch, and I think that like. It's first of all, it's it is shot very documentary style where like mm. you're like I I'm watching a narrative film narrative film, right? This isn't a documentary, but it, it's it's clearly documentary style and you're watching it and you're just watching these people live and I found myself completely like engrossed in what was going on and you know, the the sort of the relationship she builds with these different people that as you said she keeps encountering over over the seasons as she's kind of Going from place to place trying to get work at different places just kind of it just it it was an amazing thing i also started to think about like so it is everyone these like are is everyone at every road stop that i've ever been at it wanted like somebody who lives this nomad lifestyle like it, like, yeah. like it just kind of my my head went all over the place as i watched it and i just kind of got so engrossed in this film that like by the time it was over i wasn't ready for it to be over and how much stuff that they, like, you're mostly watching a slow-moving uh, experience roll forward. And then as you get to the end, there's just this enormous crescendo, which yeah, I was not prepared for. It, like, wrecked me. I don't even know what wrecked me. Like, just the last shot of the car on this, like, lonely road... And then that title yeah. card for those that had to depart will see you down the road or whatever the line is. Like, I just tears instantly started pouring from my face. And I was like, I don't even know why I'm crying. This is just amazing. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, I just, I just thought it was a, it was a, it's a brilliant film, but I can't tell you why it's brilliant. It's just the experience of watching it. You're like, this is a brilliant film. And I don't, I don't know what it's doing, but it's doing that really, really well.
0: Yep. Yeah. I didn't know exactly. It, it is very much experiential and that is it i mean not to avoid credit like i think Frances mcdormand is uh, doing amazingly well at chameleoning into this lifestyle and feeling like she isn't just an actor walking around a bunch of these real people like yeah, yeah you actually believe her and this plays so well to her strengths too right as being the kind of no nonsense i'm not gonna like amp up the emotion i'm gonna be like grip my teeth and bear it and keep moving forward like it I feel like this is the opposite of the way three billboards used that same strength of hers, where instead of heightening it up and making it kind of actorly, this is like, no, now this is just about a little bit of sadness, but not wallowing just like the innate sadness of being alive. You know?
1: So, so like while you were saying that it made me, I think I know why it weirded me out a little bit is because I wasn't convinced that the people she was talking to knew she was an actress like Mm -hmm. like the like she's so good and she is doing like she's she's so amazing at this like that's why i was joking about like i bet you she slept in that van the entire like time they were making the film because i i was so convinced by her that it made me wonder if everyone knows she's playing a role or if everyone thinks she's one of them and they're like getting like it if that is the case, which I'm not saying it is because it's probably not, it, it was like she was so convincing that I worried that, that there was manipulation of the people that they were filming. Like, do they think this is just a documentary that's following this woman? Or do they know that this is a narrative film where she is an actress pretending to be one of them? Um, so, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so now an interesting thing would be, I am curious to know if you would like The Rider if you went back and watched it now. Because The Rider... Was one hundred percent non-professional actors, which is the, which is the difference, right? This movie yeah. at least anchors it, so the protagonist is a professional actor that we are familiar with. Um, and in the Rider, it's the same way, where it is a, it's blurring the lines between documentary and fiction because the Rider was about um, people who train and ride wild mustangs in like the Badlands of Montana. And the protagonist is a character who had a really terrible accident where he almost died. um, And he suffered some brain injury, almost certainly. And he is trying to grapple with not being able to ride anymore. And that movie, like, wrecked me. But that is the kind of movie that I feel like this isn't for everyone. Like, this is maybe a little bit too blurry. Um, Whereas this movie, I feel like... I didn't worry about manipulation at all, even like I, I, I never ethically worried about manipulation in either of these movies. But here, like I didn't even have that little voice in my head because it. these people are choosing their life. Right. And they are so happy to explain it and happy to show people what it looks like um, that. Yeah, I, I just thought it worked amazingly well. I do think the title card, too, is more than anywhere else where leave no trace came back to my mind because it's kind of about like it isn't pathologizing it but it is saying like what drives people to want to live this life and yeah. it's liberating but for almost everyone there's a hint or an actual story of a a bad thing a, a terrible thing that happened in their life where they just have to you know and we I, I'm not going to spoil where the movie goes, but we we get that sense here too of like these people can't do the easy thing anymore like they ha- they have to just go yeah. seek that on their own um, and, and, yeah. and that's a,
1: that that's one of the things that's so brilliant about the film is for the most like most of the the people who are living this lifestyle had a a thing that thrust them into the lifestyle, but now they celebrate it. And they don't want to return to normal society. Um, they, they, they like are proud of this life that they've built um, or the things that they do and like their ability to travel and their freedom. Like all those scenes where it's big gatherings of all. The, it's like everybody's going to pull off on the side of the road in this one area and, and trade supplies and and have stories. And like they it wasn't clear if they all pitched in to make all that food or if there was somebody who was coming to help feed people like it, that, that didn't, mm-hmm. I, I didn't understand exactly how that came about, but it was, it was a big communal thing of these people who support each other and help them in their lifestyles. And it's like, no one ever, it, it, it felt like it was liberating to be in this, even though it, it originally came from a place of, um, not like unintentioned. Life circumstances put a lot of these people in these places, but then they embraced it, and it became a thing that they celebrate. And it it, it 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 was just an interesting thing to see that transformation in certain people, and see how people think of different things, and and hear stories of what people did leave behind and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I just
0: I, I also I I just love the like you you mentioned the feeling of you go back in your mind at all the rest stops you've ever been to. And you wonder, were they, were they nomads? You know, were they <laughs> living this life? And I had that for like people who work at national parks or people who yeah, yeah. are giving tours, you know, where I was like, huh, interesting. Like these seasonal jobs, like I never really considered before who is like, who is working these jobs where they have a two month tourist season and then nothing you know And it it was just so interesting to me and especially the disparity again because there's a part of this movie too that is clearly economic you know i mean i mean the the title card that it opens with describes the history that led to at least some people abandoning and living a nomad life um and it is fairly damning you know they're choosing this life but it still becomes the haves and the have-nots and there's something about like tourists visiting a place and then the person who is showing them around and explaining the rocks to them lives in a van, you know, where it's, uh, that, that like contrast struck me in a, in a really interesting way because I'd never once considered that in my life before that, like the people who are doing these jobs might, might live like that. Um, and it also made it weird to me because Amazon clearly had involvement in this movie. Like Amazon is featured in this movie very specifically like their logo and the inside of factories in a way that I don't think you can do that in the name of parody or whatever, like that they had to be okay with it. But I feel like, doesn't Amazon kind of represent everything that this movie is against? Like that, that was kind of weird to me of being like, what was the nature of Amazon's relationship (laughs) with this movie? Because it feels, it feels like it should be more damning of, of that than, a company would be okay with. So yeah, so when it, when it started, I definitely um
1: was like, "Oh, is this whole movie going to be like about like Amazon like creating these scenarios and stuff?" But then it then it you know, then it turns out this is, oh, this is a seasonal job. I assume this is Christmas when like everybody is buying and and shipping a million things and they just need to bring in unlimited number of people and it's like literally it's so important that amazon j- delivers all this shit on time that there is literally no questions asked come in and you have a job and people just flock there to do that kind of thing so i think um it, maybe maybe they they were fine with their portrayal in it because it was like recruitment video for <laughs> for people to know that they can get work during the holiday season yeah for me though one of the one of the most interesting things though about that aspect of it is it, unless I misunderstood the conversation, it seems like for these seasonal workers, Amazon pays for their, like, slip at the RV park. Um,
0: That's what it seemed like, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and also with the the title card at the beginning, there are towns that get created out of nothing around, like a mine or a quarry or like all these things that are naturally existing in the world where a company suddenly needs to like completely destroy a section of the planet, like in order to make a profit, like they yeah. create an entire city basically of just the workers. And if that company ever goes away, like there's just this ghost town that doesn't exist anymore because there isn't any, yeah, it's just, it's, it's kind of an interesting, um, like, thing. I mean I guess it shouldn't be too interesting to me considering there's like a mini one at the 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 base over in Alameda where it's like there's also like a little section where it's like all these houses that were there, presumably for people who were stationed on base and now are not. But yeah, it, it was just kind of interesting to see that like a a a town can just suddenly collapse and blink off out of existence because it blinked into existence at some point specifically for this one job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it also that was part of the the quarantine thinking I had, too, which is. This is a person who drives around in a van, but there are huge houses out there that are abandoned. And it made me think like. What is a home, right? Like, what is valuable and what is not valuable? Yeah. Because space, like, America has plenty of space, right? Um, There are plenty of places that one could be. But when, when the big company leaves, then, like, the money is gone, right? So that's part of it, is, like, either you need to be able to live as a nomad or you need to be near a place of stable business. Yeah. Um, and then I guess probably it's like food and electricity and all the other things start to add up. But it, it, it does get you thinking of like what is essential, and what isn't essential, because it isn't places. Like it, ha- it has to be something else. And I yeah. I don't have an answer for that, but that was kind well, of like where my brain was at by the end of the movie.
1: Luckily, Stephen, there's a film later on in our list of films to review that tells you the definition of a home.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's yeah, family. You're right. <laughs> um um,
1: but my second joking response to you is did you not learn any lessons from first cow if you go too far out you have to wait for rafts to come down the river to give you supplies
0: (laughs) you're right you're right
1: (laughs) at least a van can go up river metaphorically speaking
0: (laughs) it can certainly go down by the river (laughs) yes
1: Uh, well, Steven, any last comments before we get to verdicts?
0: Um, no, I honestly, I think this is the kind of movie that is just a beautiful experience and there's not a whole lot that one needs to say about it. You just need to live it for a while.
1: Agreed. Um, well, Steven, let's get to uh, your official verdict then. Um, if you were going to give us a must see, a recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it?
0: Uh, must-see, e- easily. I think this is a beautiful movie, and I it, it seems like it's scheduled to come out kind of early December right now, and I would encourage everyone to check it out when that happens, because it. I think it's lovely, and it's hard for me to think of someone who wouldn't get something out of this. It really just is the feeling of... If nothing else, even if there's no empathy or economic anxiety or anything else that you relate to, it's just the feeling of being on the road. I think we all will get something from that right now. And there's there's beauty to it, even if you take away all of the human element. Um, it's just like a, a lovely movie and a lovely story.
1: I, I, I just had the most amazing thoughts, Uh mm-hmm. If it is slated to come out in December, we're still going to have the coronavirus in December. Go see this at a drive-in in a van. Oh my god
0: <laughs> yeah good call it, see in december maybe this won't happen anymore but i might be doing a cross-country rv trip and so then i'll be living i'll be living my nomadland life except i guess an rv doesn't really count yeah <laughs> there's actually a scene where they kind of get into that
1: <laughs> um but yeah I, I i'm gonna give this a must-see as well i thought this film was beautiful and it made me cry which is always a good thing and uh yeah so much that uh steven and i can probably talk about as soon as we stop recording about the very very ending of this film but (laughs) yep (laughs)
0: but yeah good times i I do also want to say in a way that hopefully doesn't spoil anything um swanky attended the premiere a few days ago so rest easy if that was a thing you were wondering um (laughs) yeah i won't say anymore (laughs) nice well, that
1: is going to do it for our review of Nomad Land, Stephen Miller. If people want to find you throughout the week, where can
0: they do that? People can find me at twitter.com slash s David or s David dot com.
1: People can find me at Christopher dot com or twitter dot com slash Christopher IRL. If, if you want to listen to the back episodes of the show, you can go to the um, where you can find those there. Uh, if you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at com, Or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will be that little jingle from the film festival. So hopefully you're enjoying that. And uh, yeah, another review down. A few more reviews to go. So... Hopefully you enjoyed, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This
0: is Canadian content, and it's time we take credit for it. Starting now.
1: Oh-ho! Canada!